In her time's in front, impending on the outside with 100 metres left to go. Lake clearly innocent, but it's impending reaching the lead near the line. And impending's won the strap broke from in her time and clearly Santa and Elaine is over on the inside and crack me up down the outside. Paras and Las Drama, Champagne Cuddles, the inside Santa and Elaine coming through. Santa and Elaine hit the front from Paras, Champagne Cuddles, Super Cash, crack me up. Santa and Elaine for the Trekkings raced up and gone to the lead. Tie zone down the outside for Endless Drama. Trekkings a length and a half in front. Tie zone tries, but Trekkings clear in the strap break. A length and a half in front. It's all trekking for the Blue Army. And Trekkings won the strap break. Madame Rouge has got the lead. There's a wall chasing. Nikonova's coming through. Tie zone the outside. Madame Rouge, tie zone. Nikonova, Vega one later as well. Tie zone. I reckon tie zone. The Tonga Tornado has got up and won the strap racket. And Tefane down the outside, Victorum runs home as well, but also subpoenaed out deeper, Vega 1, Emerald Kingdom, Tefane's on the outside, Tefane, Vega 1, Tefane, Vega 1 from subpoenaed, Tefane, Vega 1, flashing light, Mr Quickie, but Tefane, Tefane's won the strap run. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview edition of Stradbroke Day, bit of Geronimo, audio courtesy of Sky Racing, of course, and we can't wait to put the shoulders back and have a good look at this fantastic, iconic card at Eagle Farm with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Rolfie. How are you? I'm well, mate, and, uh, and tell you what we like. Good horses, clean ground. Well, that's where we're going to be at, aren't we? May yeah. not be like that in Melbourne, but definitely in Queensland, everything <laughs> looks clear skies. Absolutely, it does. What's your uh, what's your mindset as a general rule for how you expect Eagle Farm to play with rail at four metres? Well, a number of people have been talking about, obviously, Eagle Farm's got some challenges as a track overall. But if we just look at the intel of how things have been playing the reality is with the rail in the four position no surprise on pace is a, a distinct advantage but more importantly about how far off the fence do you really want to be the optimum spot is going to be with the rail four is going to be five to ten off this off that marking points in other words we really want to be lanes five to ten is going to be optimum that doesn't mean you can't win from wider than that because if you get really wide, you do get into really fast ground. But the challenge is you might have to give away too much ground to put you, you know, in a situation where you're going to get an edge on those lanes. And a number of these races are going to be run with good speed. That makes it even harder. I mean, there was the scenario, as you as we all seen last weekend, you had a situation where, like, Damien Oliver came along the inside and the talk is, you know, is it better that the track might be more advantageous 
closer to the fence. The reality is that horse had an edge on that field and there was a lot of speed in that race and Damien was just dynamic rider. This is the power of riders. We're, you know, We need to be with the top riders to ensure we make more money. <laughs> Absolutely right. It's a, it's a, it's a craft to it, uh, and there's no fluke that they keep winning the big races. Yes. Speaking of a big race, let's start with the Stradbroke. $3 million up for grabs. The typical Stradbroke is they go fast, and the winner comes out wide in the deeper lane. So it sounds like that's pretty much what you're suggesting here. When you say speed above average forecast, what's your, what's your prediction at this stage? Well, realistically, Ralphie, when we look at this structure of a race, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of sit back and say, are they going to go any slower than plus three or four? That That's the reality, right? Can they go slower than that? All things are possible, but the way I'm looking at it is probably a little bit it's got to do with what Gentleman Roy does in Holyfield. What they actually do is going to determine how fast will they go because there's definitely plenty of presses. I don't know, Yellow Brick, if that's going to run. Rothfire's going to definitely push in a very forward position. And even Raw Merchant's a horse that's got good speed. That's going to keep that pack honest. That's the first wave. So I sit back and say, okay, that profile clearly demonstrates around that plus four range. Could we go plus six, plus eight? Oh, nothing's impossible, Ralphie. But I'm saying definitely solid, above average to fast is where we're headed. So, of course, uh, with your early speed uh, race speed profiles, th- this is including the emergencies like Yellow yes. Brick in that race. And then, Correct. of course, we'll, uh, we'll we'll narrow it down tomorrow when we've got uh, full clarity uh, whether there's any scratchings. It appears unlikely. There's no reason to be. So unless something goes wrong race morning, we uh, we don't expect any scratches. All right. So we'll go with market order. And the favourite is is think about it. Just a winning machine. Uh, eight wins from nine starts. Just keeps emerging this horse. Uh, the one little query, I guess, uh, to, to uh, factor in, Synthetic hoof filler first time. Joe Pride said there's no worries whatsoever. I, I guess he's going to say that, but you're going to trust the trainer a bit. As far as his uh, profile, how are you assessing him? <laughs> I like that. Of course. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of money at stake. How could there be an issue? Well, the reality is the horse has been putting the score on the board. If we just look at from the beginning of the campaign back in January and we just look at that first group of performances where there was four runs, it peaked at plus two at Randwick over 1,300 when it won that Group 3 race. And this time round, shorter break, 70 days. There's a, that, a That's a break, Ralphie. 2.6, trending in an upward direction off a 21-day run between Gosford into Eagle Farm. 14 days, I don't see any negatives. I look at all the data. I mean, there's always this scenario when I look at the last 200 metres about getting clarity around is the horse tapering into a negative in other words has the horse had enough because i'm looking at that whole campaign going back to january ralphie and you look at that last run at eagle farm from the four to the 200 was plus 1.4 last 200.6 negative two length velocity loss okay what's that equal i don't see that as being the distance issue or did this happen because of the sharp turnaround in speed that the horse had to deal with. So I'm taking a position myself that was the sharp turnaround in speed, going from 8.6 lengths below benchmark in that Gosford run to 0.2 above. And then you look at the history of this horse, the only time that horse went close to that speed was once, and that was at Warwick Farm first up back in January. 
And mind you, even that day, it didn't have to use the same pressure between the 8 and the 400 either, and it was slightly shorter journey. The flip coin is you have to give some sort of consideration. There could be a negative taper, and therefore if that was a negative taper, then this horse would be in a lot of uh, trouble. My biggest factor is going to be with this horse is how fast are they going to run and where will this runner sit in the running line and, and from the lead pack. In other words, if you're trending about eight lengths off that lead speed, then this runner is going to be running below benchmark and probably still capable of reeling in the pack and winning. If it's had enough, then it won't. But if the horse is 10 or 12 off them, no chance. Or if they run another three or four lengths faster than what I'm forecasting, which I'm conf- you know, at this stage, my confidence levels are in that plus four or five range. So if they run plus eight, Ralphie, I'd say my thoughts with uh, think about it will be should be 100 to one. So, uh, yeah, a brutal tempo race is where, where you think the the, uh, the real kryptonite could be. I, I feel that'll be the biggest negative because what'll happen is Sam will be forced into pushing the horse into a, you know, to maintain a winning position. You know, you know coming from 12, 13 lengths, you ain't going to win, right? So the he, he knows that. He will know that. He's going to be, you know, obviously making sure he's part of that major group and that's going to keep you inside eight. And therefore, you're going to be running plus three to yourself, plus two, maybe. And that's a big ask, given the way the horse fell off over the last 200 metres at the last start with a benchmark early speed. We'll talk business tomorrow, but just the early thoughts about the sort of $3 range price. I mean, he's won eight from nine, and he's no doubt uh, priced on, on the fact that he just keeps winning, and, and fair enough too. But that, that that is sort of getting into the tight price, and you are saying there are some little queries about him, even though you've got him on top and your most advantage at the moment. Well, he deserves to be on top because he's a horse that's still doing one thing. He doesn't get beaten, so that's the first thing. He's won, what, the last what, five or six runs? Yeah. Plus a couple of barrier trials. So you look at all that, and the trend line clearly still indicates upwards. The challenge is, can you genuinely say that this horse is going to find, A, another length? I, I have no doubt the horse has got another length in it, maybe more, but is it going to happen this time round? As far as the price goes, Ralphie, it's like this. This is just me talking. Yeah. If the horse is $8 or it's $2, I ain't backing it. That's all. That's it on the on the table. All right, another emerging runner, Hawaii Five O. Now uh, we're going to stress here that um, your early edition is pretty much a computer printout, and then you you'll uh, you'll get to work on it to, to, today through the day, and then uh, get your final thoughts tomorrow. Hawaii Five O isn't in the most advantage, but he's going upwards, and he's going upwards in a big way. He's won his last two, and just almost you know I think switched on would be the uh, would be the phrase we can use about him. Waterhouse bot upside, uh, low draw, which means you can probably just land wherever they want. Rachel King wants them to. Uh, what's your what's your forecast here? Well, this is a really interesting profiled horse. A from the stable. Right now, though, looking at the hardcore facts, is this horse has sort of didn't exceed its previous PB when it, you know, absolutely smashed them at Hawkesbury when it went 1.4 above best of the day. And then that last start run was 1.4, matching the performance, second best of the day. There's a few things to look at when I 
take into consideration why didn't the horse take that next step? One, my view is the way the horse finished at Hawkesbury was, you know, extremely dynamic, plus 7.9 last 400. They gave it a barrier trial at Hawkesbury on the 8th of the 5th, which was a good trial, Ralphie. And then they've had the 35 days, you know, in terms of run to run to win at Hawkesbury. I felt the horse may be, just looking at all the incremental splits, a little bit jaded. And what was missing with the horse was the dynamic explosive sprint. This usually means some type of flatness in the horse. Now, of course, I can look at the extreme opposite and say, did the horse come to its top and that's it? There's not going to be any more this campaign. Again, a little bit like think about it, coming from a you know particular stable like the Waterhouses, I'm not going to sit here and say the horse is done for the campaign. I've seen too many Waterhouse horses. They can have far more runs than that. And I, I'm taking the potential that this horse is potentially was flattened by that big run at Hawkesbury and that sprint just wasn't there. And, and it may have been something to do with the barrier trial, just took a little bit of the edge off the horse. And now we're, we're backing up 14 days later and everything sort of does indicate this horse has this capacity to potentially go to the next level. I did like the way the horse finished off the last 200 metres of that last start run. I, I like that. But, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, you know, what will they really run here? Uh, is it going to be two and a half to three and a half is what's needed to win? Or is it going to be more or is it going to be less? And this is probably the key. But it's a horse that's trending upwards. Again, for me as an individual, and I just look at profiles, Ralphie, there's no emotions, you know, I couldn't care less about anything else, right? I just look at profiles. It doesn't meet my profile for betting, but that doesn't mean it can't win. That just makes it either easier or harder betting race for me, right? Because if it gets too messy, then I'm, I'm not going to be stupid and risk my money, right? I, you know, I, I love the game, and, and I you want, like your money more. Yeah, I want to make money, but I, I, I'm not going to be an idiot and just risk my money, right? Yeah, and even just to have a fun bet, I, I'm not into those games, right? Yep, it just doesn't meet my profile. But everything points to this is a rising horse, and you can't, you know, just bin it. You just, it's impossible to do that with a horse like this. Converge a stable, mate. Let's go go to him. So, he, and because it's sort of market order as well, uh, third mm -hmm. favourite, but out to about you know, there's around about nine dollars around. Um, you're watching him behind. Think about you. Almost thought, well, next start you. The other thing about his long profile is, and when I say long, you know, he's a four year old. He's only had uh, well, he's had twenty one starts. That's a good career. But like many horses in Sydney, a lot of it through two thousand twenty two was on very wet ground. Have we actually seen the best of this horse? Is the question. Well, this is interesting. A couple of things here, Ralphie. Firstly, just with a slight digress, I sent you an email this morning, just an extract out of the uh, Racing Analytics platform. Yeah. just takes an early move on the markets. And it was just interesting from this stable, like the first sign of the shorts is coming. You know, like, in other words, is it, I call it the smell in the air that there might be good money for this horse, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you've got to be attuned to that. Now, I'm not one that sits there and says, you know, I base all my decisions on money. But, you know, when you come from smart stables and they've got more than one runner, these could be good guides, 
right? Yep. To take with some respect. Now we know one thing about this horse. Let's just peel back that performance on the eighteenth of the third. 1,500 metres of Rose Hill, plus 4.2. Now, let's be clear. A repeat of that run, this horse wins. It's not like maybe we'll see, we'll think about it. This horse will win because there, there is no runner here unless a horse like, okay, Hawaii 5.0 or think about it, just miraculously can step out and make that next big transition of improving between one and a half and two and a half lengths. It's not easy to do, Ralphie, right? It's not easy to do. So this runner came back at Eagle Farm off a 56-day break. I don't mind that, Ralphie, because it's not like the horses had a big campaign and they're trying to find another run. No, it's far from it. What we know is this. This horse has come back this campaign in sensational form, even though... Everything, when you look at it, doesn't potentially read that. One, because, like you said, Ralph, the heavy track, forget that. The other performances, all right, that last run at Eagle Farm, it didn't win the race, right? But it was sound. And in terms of what the horse had to do in terms of energy distribution, the way it held on late, they're all great precursors for two things. Number one, the horse needs to step up in distance again. And two, loves clean ground and should be ready for a new peak. Now, is that peak going to be 4.2 or is it going to be plus three? Because plus three will win you the race as well, most likely, or get you on the podium from my perspective. So that um, that uh, run at Rose Hill you're referring to is the George Ryder mid, uh, mid-March, if people want to look this yep. up. Uh, pretty real form. Uh, Animo, Fangirl, first and second, fourth. Artorias, fifth. Levante, uh, who's won four group ones in New Zealand. So that's real genuine form. And what you're saying is if he finds it and just repeats it, he's the winner. Well, it's like this, Ralphie. I know Animo's not in the race, but he'd be a dollar thirty. That's right. <laughs> and, I, and I'd say forget about the rest, right? So this horse... I'm not saying it's anime, but one thing I am confident of is, like you said, it is. it does come from a real race. It's high performance. It's not one to sit there and say, fluke performance. It's no fluke performance. That's real. And I have an expectation that this horse is coming to deliver somewhere near that. Now, you know, we can then start, you know, we can discuss this in a bit more detail tomorrow about the barriers and what that actually means in terms of energy efficiencies or not and whether we should be, you know, sticking some money on it or not well the, the, um when good stables you like using patterns and i just want to put one extra layer here Vince. Mm-hmm. last year alligator blood came through a very similar profile from inside barrier got to the stradbroke from a wide barrier with tim clark and won the race <laughs> being able to slot in exactly where they wanted i remember doing this podcast and you said if they don't lead on this horse and he slots in he's probably the winner and and there he was uh he, he, he even though he's a leader because they went at a brutal speed he was able to be three or four back with a with cover and that's probably where this horse looks like landing as well so it's, it's amazing that he's got a he's got a very similar setup i'm not saying he's alligator blood anything else but i'm just saying good stuff like using patterns and this bike almost fits the pattern well if he repeats that performance of 4.2 he's going to be the same level as alligator blood isn't it 
There we go. Okay. Now, so you've got Valana as uh, second in your most advantage at this stage. And again, we've got a, a good, <laughs> this is a nice setup for a big race, uh, good stable, good jockey, uh, wide barrier, being able to slot in on your terms. Uh, last start, he was he was uh, wide throughout in that uh, Kingsford Smith behind uh, Think About It. Uh, we just mentioned Converge. Converge ran second in the race. He was a bit shorter in the market. What I also I reckon worth putting on the table, Vince, and he won that big uh, Newcastle race last spring. I reckon since the time he walked into the stable, this time in, this has been his grand final. I totally, I'm with you there, Ralphie. I feel exactly the same way. And then when I was going through the the first, you know, cleansing stage of that race yesterday, everything pointed to exactly what you just said. They're targeting this race as as being their potential. And the key really is when you look at this horse's profile, I mean, even that last run, I mean, so this has got a different characteristics profile-wise. You look at the early speed, 1.9 lengths faster than standard. This is that last run at Eagle Farm. You compare it to the run before, where it was minus 1.7, and then you go all the way back to Ramwick, first up, where it was 8.5 below. So you've seen the step up and the transition in terms of getting that conditioning right and getting its fitness levels to where they need to be, in other words, to be able to cope with pressure. Then you look at that last run again and, and you see what happened between the 8 and the 400. The first little level of depletion came from plus 1.9 to still going 0.8 above benchmark, but a one-length velocity drop. But this is the big this is the big difference between, let's say, think about it, and Valana. You look at the last 200 metres, was 2.8 lengths below benchmark. It had a velocity... In my way, it's conditioning drop-off of 2.2 lengths. That is all conditioning, Ralphie. That isn't going to be because the horse has had too much racing and potentially he's had enough. That is a blowout. And what that means is this. You can have a high level of confidence subject to, you know, interferences and, you know, or missing the start or other, you know, things that can happen, the chaos theory. You can expect this horse to improve at least two lengths purely on conditioning and that takes the horse to plus one now the horse has already gone plus 1.4 in the campaign and then when i look at that plus 1.4 in the heavy track and just see how much that blowout was that day i had my initial graph with this horse absolutely trending right up to the 2.5 because when it lost that 2.7 lengths of conditioning first up and again you can just see it you look at the micro splits ralphie between the four and the two that day, it was 1.3 below, and then it was four lengths below over the last 200 metres on a on a track that was, you know, genuine S, S7HH range for sure, and the horse lost 2.7, and therefore you know that you're going to be at, at minimum just off that run line because you've got to factor in some heavy ground, at least the length. So I already pinned this horse going to run two and a half, possibly three because I do have an expectation this horse could go to a new PB. And this is the reason why, when I look at what's happened over the last two starts, that I'm giving it huge respect to you. At a, you know, a sh- now, just because it's a stupid price doesn't mean you should just go in there and, you know, and back it like your life counted on it. Of course, for the people that like to back many runners in a race, don't be foolish and leave it out because you should have it, you know, seriously considered because it deserves to be a lot shorter than that. It's as much as $21 available at the moment. Yeah, it's so, ridiculous. And then uh, I just mentioned about uh, uh, how stables like patterns and partic- particularly James Cummings, who, uh, who uh, you know, uh, the master Dominic Burns are behind a lot of the programming. 
he won this track and distance last year. Uh, <laughs> group Group Three, they ended up running him in this race last year. But now a stronger horse, they would have liked the fact that he's a track distance winner. And and uh, where when did he win track distance vids? Fourth up. What is he here? Fourth up. This is his big circle race. Yeah. So what the, the the few things that we will you know tune in on when we get into tomorrow morning will be let, we'll have a closer look at the characteristics. You know, from Barrier Fifteen, what will James do? How will that you know suit the horse or not suit the horse in terms of where it needs to be placed to be you know optimum chance of winning? Yeah. Or again, for me, you know, getting on the podium because when you get on the podium and you're you know on side, they're going to pay you handsomely. All right. Now, we'll pick this pace right up here So uh, because, basically, we've covered the, the, the main ones that we like and the one, main ones in the market. Um, but just a, a couple of touch points yep. here, here, Vince. Uh, firstly, I'll just go on market order. We'll assume Yellow Brick's not running, but uh, you've, you've made little uh, spots for most advantage at this stage for Scolopini, who will be on pace, and Af Cabin, who won't be on pace, but has got a big finish on him. Yeah, well, this one was a little bit of a, a headache, Scolopini. But what initially when I had it, then I was going, "Geez, really? Should that be there? Is it going to? Is it that genuine? Or, or we are we got an inferior race here? These are the thoughts that were going through my mind, Ralphie. Right yep. when I was just thinking through it. But I just, I'm a simple guy. I just go through the facts and I just look at that last start run. Six best of the day, point nine above. A ton of speed use early, 4.7 lengths faster than stand. I mean, you go through its history. That's about as good as the horse can go through the first section. Still breaking benchmark between the eight and the four. Absolutely entitled to just, you know, break the, not break down, but fall apart last 200 metres. And it didn't really fall apart because it only lost about 2.4 lengths in velocity over the last 200 metres. So that was so sound. And then I have a look and say, okay, your campaign started in January as well. You haven't had that many starts. And you have a look at it. Look at the win at Flemington, plus 2.1. Can't fault the performance. And then one again at Flemington, much softer overall with only plus 1.3. But a lot of that had to do with the speed early. So what you do know with this horse is... He's not going to have a problem if they go fast, Ralphie. He's always going to be in, in position in terms of where you need to be. Drawn ideally so the rider doesn't have to think anything crazy about like serious tactics. He's just got to allow the horse to be the horse and he's just going to naturally be inside that eight legs. Like everything, then you'll need luck and your timing of your run inside the home straight will determine whether you're going to get on the podium or not. But I had to respect it. He's a roundabout horse, and he's about thirty-one dollars, thirty-five dollars. Yeah. So there you go. Um, at F Cavan, um, you, you've pretty much said previously that the query you've got on him is is fast pace when he steps out of the twelve hundred sort of zone. Yeah, fast pace, and like a lot of horses, sometimes whilst they might be potentially capable of racing really well over longer distances, sometimes they need maturity and they need to strengthen in their skeletal structure. And this horse may turn out to be in the future you know, very, very dynamic at this distance range. But right now, again, I don't feel this horse has got the right race shape to be able to handle what's about to happen. The, what it does have, though, it has the class profile to be competitive in this field if things don't pan out the way one expects it to in terms of high pressure through the first two sections. If for some reason... 
they're a bit more orderly and the races run at a more even speed and that means, you know, plus one, plus three range and not a, you know, super move and it becomes just a giant 400-metre sprint, then a horse like this class-wise sort of brings itself into the race. So I've kept it there and, you know, for that reason, the barrier trial was like really sharp, Ralphie. Like this horse doesn't show any signs of backward trend off the trial. The biggest hurdle will be right now, and, th- and this is a profile thing for me, right? Yep. I look at the horse and say, you're right there, uh, genuine winning chance, but you don't profile for me to back you. That's all. Uh, from the Headache Stable, Mar Eustace, Royal Merchant, mm-hmm. Ruthless Dame, the two Group 1 winners in South Australia, the Mayors. Uh, what's the best of those chances? Well, yeah, Royal Merchant's won the last two. You know, like it's been up. Since November, Ralphie. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I thought the horse was done four starts ago. That's me, right? <laughs> because, again, you know, I'm a profile. I like to look at patterns, and the patterns aren't, you know, in my favour, but yet it wins two times at Morphaville. And last start, I mean, how on earth? I mean, it's within the length of its PB, plus 2.3. Well, it's got a 3.3, Ralphie. It, it's proven that it can handle high pressure. You only have to look at that parks run. There it is, plus 7.5 first section. So you know this horse is very capable, and you can go further back, right back to, oh, where is it, December 22, over 1,400, 7.2 lengths above benchmark first section, and was still competitive. So they know this horse has got plenty of ability. I don't know how they keep it up, right? But just for me, pattern-wise, good enough to win, but I just can't participate on that horse the other runner that you talked about which was uh, ruthless Dame, is that right yep. yeah <sighs> slightly further behind in terms of where it sits right now class wise you know if you look at 3.3 versus 1.8 but this is a very lightly raced filly <laughs> and the horse on the scene isn't it this is the one that's on the scene at the right time and you have a look at the tactics he's used, the stable. 320 days off back in January, resuming, and really hasn't um, done anything savage with the horse. But the real test for me came that day when they ran it in that 1,500-metre Rose Hill race. I felt that that was the real test to see for them, where do they think the horse is at, and what it did was you know remarkable. Think about this, Ralphie. Plus 4.2 first section matched it between the eight and the four, what do you expect to happen? You expect that horse to really drop off badly. Copped a little bit of a slowdown before the four and the two and rebounded. So that run, despite being beaten 4.3 lengths, had a, a lot of merit. And that's probably the true indicator of what its true capability is. Now, can it turn up and find a length, length and a half? Of course it can. Is it going to be capable of handing a level of pressure? Well, they've already tested that, haven't they? In that run over 1,500 metres. The question for me is, ultimately, I just sit back and say, okay, you haven't got the best of draws. There is going to be pressure all the way. You're probably not going to have the finish. And for you to be best winning chance, you need to breathe first half of the race if you breathe first half of the race and i have a look at your you know blueprint you're going to have to be running three to four lengths below benchmark 
that could have you 10 to 12 off and good luck if you can, you know, scramble your way through the field and get into the money. Okay. And so Cardinal Gems in the market, he just hasn't done enough and particularly on, on clean ground. So I'll just round off with this one, Vince, only because if you look at the BTCP on this IVR profile, the second best performance in the race, and he's been set for it. So he's got two duck eggs next to him, but just so I can ask you, just so it's on the table, Gentleman Roy. <sighs> Okay. And they went back last up because today's grand final day. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Well, <laughs> William Sticks. <laughs> we do know a few things about this horse. Number one, <laughs> it came back with some, you know, phenomenal energy. I mean, you look at that run at Mooney Valley at a mile. Like, there's only like three runs back. 5.1 first yeah, section. Mile it was. Yeah, three and a half above benchmark between the eight and the four. And mind you, that was coming off the start before where it had to go plus 5.7 first section. So you know this horse is extremely accustomed to high pressure. I have this little thought, that first run... Do you remember that run at Sandown, Ralphie, going back in January? When yeah. It, when it was asked to go 8.3 lengths above through that first section? Absolutely. Which, which was just, like, unbelievable. And the way the horse held on to win, right? Yeah. was just phenomenal. Could they, potentially, this is what I said to you at the start of the communication, the key to how fast it's going to go is going to be dependent on this horse as well. Are they going to just say, let's run and run fast? Now, mind you, that's its best chance of winning, by the way. Yeah. Because if they take a sit, forget about it. There's too many horses. This is a bit – it does have a sprint on it, like, you know, for closing. We can go and find a run of a plus 6.8, and there was another run at 5.3 that I found. This is above benchmark last 400. But then when I look at what the pace was, the probably the more realistic pace was that day at Geelong, if we go all the way back to 2021, when it went 2.9 below first section, 2.2 below between the 8 and the 4, and then finished off really hard, plus 5.3. That's probably the capacity of the horse last 400 metres, around that plus five or less. There's too many runners that have got that profile. So it's best chance, run fast and try and take that speed out of other horses so they don't have the booming finish. Yes, you're going to be vulnerable, but you you improve your chances. And this is probably only possibly one of the serious horses that can ignite that extra three lengths of speed into the race and make everybody chase it does help some of the horses as well if that happens because they're better slot in a bit easier yep and i want to point out ralphie this is the other key factor about a lot of people when they talk to me about form and how they only want to look at the last one or two three three starts i've had been asked like why do you go back so far is because we want to look at profile that's what the history shows us. we're trying to look for some characteristics some pattern recognition to try and not say put the horse in a box, but to get a good feel about all the different scenarios about what you can, what your this runner can or can't do in terms of its uh, capabilities. Um, we um, we'll, we'll leave the Stradbroke there, and obviously okay. talk 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 business tomorrow. Um, but we'll go in uh, we'll go chronological order. In other words, go, just go to race nine here because even though the JJ Atkins is a Group One, it's for 
two-year-olds. If you look at this IVR profile box, Vince, for this Dane Ripper, you've put down 2.6 expectation of winning. you got the Stradbroker 2.9. That tells you this is a very good race. Well, it is because, well, of course, if I took if I took away Opal Ridge's 3.9, we're probably going to end up at about two, right? Yep. But still, uh, you know, you've got to prove that that horse can't do that, right? But I love this race. I actually love this race. This, this to me, on the surface, is actually easier than the race we just did. Yeah. That's, that's my view. Now, which horses did you want to touch on first? Well, well, we'll just go in market order, but also, okay. uh, and so obviously we'll start with Opal Ridge. And, and just as an over, overview, you, you're forecasting uh, good speed in this race. And this horse, what we do know, the, the cleaner the ground, the better for it. Absolutely. And, you know, for those that managed to stick with the horse, would have been well rewarded last start. It's going <laughs> 1,300, right? That's a very easy watch. But, but have a look at what the horse did. You know, I sit back and I, I just just think about this just for a moment, Ralphie. That day at Rose Hill first up when it went 3.9, second best of the day. And, of course, you ask yourself the question, is it possible for this horse to repeat that? Was it a fluke run? Is it going to get nowhere near that anymore? I look at this. First section, 4.6 lengths below benchmark. Between the 8 and the 4 was plus 6.8. Last 400 metres, plus 3.7. Then we scramble all the way up to the scone run last start. 6.8 lengths below benchmark. Gone two lengths slower than what it did Rose Hill. Between the eight and the four, it's gone plus 2.3. A cup, two and a half lengths softer between the eight and the four. But mind you, the mid-race squeeze is very similar, right? And then you look at the last 400 plus 5.2. You combine the last two splits, that's seven and a half above. You Peel your way all the way back to that first up run, and what is it? It's 8.5. So the difference between that run and this run is about a length and a half, and then when you balance out the first section, what you see is this horse is racing every bit as well as what it did first up and also giving some frankness that the 3.9 that the horse is capable of doing is not beyond the horse to get there again. Because I, I thought long and hard in this race here about whether I should be just marking the horse off the last run, a plus 1.6, and therefore taking it off the top of the podium or leaving the 3.9. And I couldn't justify taking the horse off the top line because I said to myself, you're going to run 1.6 on the low, possibly two and you're a chance to test your 3.9. Therefore, you deserve to be where you are, and there's no way you're going to be on a wet ground, from what I can see, and you're going to appreciate 1,400. It's a good starting point. <laughs> well, for me, it became a scenario where you're only one of two or three chances. Yep. So it's, it's mid to high twos, and it sounds like what you're saying is, and we'll talk obviously business tomorrow, but you're saying it, it absolutely justifies the spot at the top and by a fair way. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Like, yeah. like I said, if you go back, if you just do, don't worry about three point nine. For the, the the people that are using the IVR data, just put the, plug the one point six in, and where does that put you? It still puts you top three. Well, second most advantage is Roots, and not, and I'll just mention Opal Ridge on clean ground. Well, this horse, you've said from day one, just keep it on good ground. And two starts back, you mentioned that one point nine of Opal Ridge last up. Well. 2.4 lengths above benchmark, third best of the day, and that was a pretty serious card too. Last start, failed on the wet, on very wet ground. 
little barrier trial, uh, well, actually two, but one uh, one at Bow Desert, 63 days. That that sort of sets it up for a bounce, Vince, and James McDonald back on. A bounce, Walla, target, big signal, very, very few negatives here on this horse. I, even the barrier draw, Ralphie, just McDonald's going to get his chance to pretty much dictate what he wants and an extremely high probability hitting the lanes that I that I'd like to you know if you can hit you know <laughs> if you can hit four, four, four to eight off the fence you're, you're in golden territory well you're already two off it and you're going to have plenty of you know, there's going to be plenty of space for you because this is a race where there's going to be good speed that opens up the field so James is definitely going to love this type of tempo race shape and this horse is going to thrive off that and then you have a look at Waller you know, nothing in that first trial over 900 goes to Bow Desert. Just sharp improvement and the signal ready. Ready. $16, amazing price for, for basically what you're saying. If, if, he, if she repeats that Rose Hill win and there's everything to it, she's on the podium. Well, I look at it like this who the hell's making the markets? <laughs> they're definitely not doing form, surely. They they can't be they can't be doing any form work. Well, if they're doing form work. What are they using that I'm not using? Because under doesn't matter who you are. If I was a bookmaker, sixteen dollars. How about I'd have a three dollars just behind Opal Ridge? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, we'll pick up the pace here. Yep. September run stable mate. Uh, the grand finals next start. Tatsiara. Is that sort of how it profiles? Well, the horse is sort of showing all these signs. Of um, that the horse is back to where it should be, right? Yep. With a ton of potential coming from this stable. Just what happened? It's just the horse just put itself there on its own with the one point seven, right? I didn't even give it its you know peaking performance of this campaign, and it just automatically finds itself in the top four. Nash on board. No matter what happens, a bold run should be expected from this horse in this field if it's going to be able to deliver what it's supposed to deliver at the next start. Now, is it a horse that you can turn around and say, oh, it's going to win tomorrow? Well, yeah, possibly. If Oprah Rich doesn't turn up and Roots doesn't perform the way I've just discussed it, then, of course, then this horse is good enough to uh, win the race, even though it's not targeted for it. All right. Well, we've pretty much put on the table what you want to do on that race. Let's let's go to the JJ Atkins uh, again. We don't uh, we don't worry about class and group groups. We just worry about if there's opportunities here. Looks like you got a very low confidence level here with the two year olds. What's your summation here with this race? We talk race seven. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Just the names throwing me off. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, know. Well, I know you call it race seven. Everyone else calls it the JJ Atkins, but it's business. Well, of course. Look, broadcasting wise and all that, I get it. Right. It sounds fantastic. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, race seven sounds boring. So I, I, if I was a commentating, of course, I would make up all the names and that as well. But I don't need to do that. Ah, uh, Ralph, it's, it, this is not a race for me. I mean, surely if you want to pick a horse and we want to dissect or something, you know, I, I'm nowhere near this race, but I'm happy to open up on any runner you want so we can, you know, give some insight. No, I don't think so. Minus two point one is your IVR forecast, and that uh, and there's uh, some other good races to talk about, including the Q twenty two race six big prize money. This is a sort of newish race, and it's a good race too. Uh, without a fight, Vince. Now, last up while you're away in Italy, this mm. was uh, this was a nice little watch for me because you know what I did? I picked out off. I, I went to the archives, grabbed what you wrote about him in the Melbourne Cup, yep. and you said he's a serious horse. 
but he needs clean ground. Well, of course, the Melbourne Cup was a wet track. He transfers to Team Freeman, and they put up a very nice price, and the performance looked outstanding. What did it actually do? <sighs> Ralphie, yeah, very smart man. <laughs> well, I, and then I look at, like, have they got this horse trending right? 6.1 below benchmark first section, 1,800 metres. That's nice cruisy speed for a staying horse. Beautiful move in the mid-race without overextending. In other words, improving the speed by seven lengths, going plus one. I like that. Uh, not overextending in the mid-race, going above benchmark. They're all very powerful signs. But as they always say, and you can go back to the great Bar Cummings, a sign of a fantastic staying horse is they've got to be able to sprint late. Like, they've got to be able to have that sprinting capability. Like, if you're in a 12, 14, 1,600-metre race and there's the signal, plus seven, last 400, wow. Wow. And, I, and look, and all I've done is I've just plugged in the 1.2. I yeah. haven't even looked at the, o, you know, bringing in the OS number. But just on that alone screams out like this horse is going to be screaming for the 2200 and you can be really confident that one thing's going to happen the horse is going to improve off that number uh, it doesn't often happen in a, in a race of okay speed. Yeah, what was the lead speed there? The lead speed was 3.8 lengths to take away. It was the roughy, but, you know, probably a, we could say that was a benchmark sort of yep. speed. Best last 600 and 200 of the day at the end of 1,800 metres. <laughs> That's class. Well, it really is, Ralphie. And, and again, it wasn't like it was going minus 13 first section. <laughs> at minus 13... You have a little bit of a dull to the finish as well, but it was good rapid movement in the mid. In other words, you're really coming to your top, approaching the last 400 metres, and it just kept improving. I love that. All right, so so the leading race is the Doombin Cup uh, for the other horses. So Without a Fight brings a different form of those in the market. Uh, Huerta just beat Numerian. Dua was first up fourth and a real late drop off there last 200, I noticed. So just how, how are you surmising those three horses? Well, Dua is always a horse that it's not it's – a, it's a difficult horse for me personally because I just feel it's so loaded with talent, right? And if it was able to find that profile of, you know, like March of the plus 4.1, a uh, 4.5, then – it would really test a horse like without a fright, right? Like it yeah. really tested, and and you can you can see going back then how dynamic the horse in terms of sustained speed, being able to sort of stay on that rhythm, and realistically, if you look at the footprint of those two campaigns, you would have to say the horse has come back better than ever, right? Benchmark first up. Big taper at the end, that's a huge conditioning blowout. So the question is, what are the expectations second up? Well, if I go back to that 22 campaign where the horse went three and a half below first campaign over a shorter distance, the horse improved about four lengths from run to run. Even last campaign, when I look at the 14 to 1600 metre transition, the horse did improve about three lengths. Is the horse going to do that this time? Well, I look at it like this. It's 21 days between runs. Obviously, this horse is a horse that needs to, to be at staying distances, which they obviously understand. Can it turn up and run three, four lengths better? Probably not, second up, Rolfie. But, you know, I'd be foolish to say the horse can't improve one or two lengths and be competitive should that be the case. So you sort of got that. They all seem a bit bracketed, but it looks like without a fight is the one that's really on the up. 
Well, without a fight, it's the one on the up. You you, you can't disrespect the one. And yep. I don't know, you know, am I a dreamer with the 10? Lions Roy, what, what, what happened there? Why are they given no chance for that horse? What, what, what have I missed? So the case for it comes off Wagga, and that was a really, it was quite a solid uh, uh, performance there at, uh, at Wagga that uh, the, the, the cup rated well on your IVR platform. Yeah, did you see that run? Uh, well, uh, I know well, that's okay. Right yeah. let, let, let's just say when you get a chance, because I, I remember that morning, they I went on that uh, Sky Sports run, and they asked me to talk about that race, which I don't do those races, right? Okay, yeah. And I said, this is the horse to back. Now, I I didn't bet in that race that day, Ralphie, so I've got to make it clear, right? But I yeah. watched the race because I wanted to see, okay, how far out am I? And the horse was last in the turn. And won. Oh, well, I should have won. Let's just yeah, say that. Okay. Nice, yep. So what that means is this. Obviously, you know that 2,000 metres isn't a problem and probably 2,200 isn't going to be a problem. And you know this horse likes good ground. I don't know if we've ever seen the best of this horse. Look at the last campaign, plus 3.6. If I go back and look at that mile Vince, run, I remember that because you, you made a huge case for it at $61 in, the, in, that, uh, in the Ingham. Yeah, so I don't want to make a huge case for it today, but yeah. just off that wagger run, yep. it puts yourself there. And then I did go back and I did look at that run at a mile and so say I could pin you all the way back to 1.4. And if you come down to 1.4 tomorrow, that still puts you top four. So nice. it, good for the multiplayers. All right, I'm glad we put that one on the table. So a couple of others that I'll, I will just quickly touch on because they're, they're, I think they're, they're pretty interesting races. Race three, the mile. Um, there's uh, Munimix on the quick backup. He's been up since August. What a fantastic training performance by Nick Ryan. And uh, and so it, it, it lands uh, most advantage. The other horse there is Kerwin's Lane. Uh, geez, if, if you look at the raw numbers of, of a duck egg and a ninth beforehand, but, uh, gee, this looks a good setup for Kerwin's Lane. So I'll ask you about those two. Oh, well, Kerwin's Lane, you're right about that. I mean, just look at that setup. O'Shea, McDonald, that's fine. But we just go back. Group 1, 1,500-metre race. Is this not a race that we should be, you know, looking at very closely? 1.9 above. Well, this is the convergent form we were talking about before. <laughs> and you look at what happened in that race. Horse has gone 7.7 below benchmark first section. Good move in the mid-race, still travelling a length below, and then just absolutely stormed home with a plus 5.2, last 400. Now, mind you, a few little indicators off that. Brenton was probably a touch too conservative, right, in terms of how he used the energy through the first section. Probably was a negative on the horse because the horse was entitled to finish closer. If you look at the distribution of energy late, and let's peel this back a bit further. If you really want to know where the talent is, and when I look at see, I look at the profile and the patterns, small field, big sprints are going to play a vital role because there's not going to be an explosion up front, Ralphie, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at, this is how I look at my pattern recognition. I go back through the profile and the horses, show me its biggest, its big last 400 metre sprint as close as I can to benchmark. I didn't even have to go that far back. Rose Hill, 11th, uh, it was November 26th. There it is, 0.6 below first section, 1,500 metres. That's virtually benchmark, right? Just quickly reel off to the last 400 plus 6.7. There we go. That's the capability. This looks like a perfect race for the horse, and I'd be backing this horse now. 
So this is an each way play because I suppose the the other horse. So because we've brought it up, Antino also has a big premium sprint on him. He's an yeah. emerging horse, absolutely an emerging yeah. horse. And of course, you know, Ralphie, when I talk about, I should be backing it now. I'm I'm the person that you know likes to bet the majority of the money for a place. So it's yes. easy for me to say that, right? Yep. And even though I should say you should be backing now, I never do those things. I personally, I, I say that to others because this horse is going to shorten, maybe not shorten as much for a place, right? But the reality is I always wait until race day. But this horse, I can't fault this horse. This time in, Golan has got this horse like trending sensationally without doing anything ridiculous on the clock, right? Because yep. this is always the challenge. And I get caught a lot of times, Ralphie, and I put a lot of effort into improving my skills on trying to understand how to identify scenarios like this. I guess this one's a little bit easier to identify. It doesn't profile high with a point two above, but you only have to look at that run at Eagle Farm over 1,400 on the 29th of the 4th. Seven and a half below benchmark, way too slow and then goes 2.8 above between the 8 and the 4 and maintains that speed over the last 400 with a conditioning drop-off over the last 200 metres. So the first sign is there. It lost the length over the last 200 metres. That brings a horse at least to around that one range. And then you've got to ask yourself the question, how much are you going to allow for the 7.5 lengths below benchmark? Because that's way too slow for this horse, right? You have to allow at least a length to two lengths, right? One to two. So you know this horse is capable of easily running into the twos or a bit higher and is probably, in my view, the only threat to Kerwin's. And we'll finish off with race two uh, only because it, so it, it's a dollar seventy range, dollar sixty, dollar seventy range. Yellow brick. There'll be people thinking, well, this is my anchor for the day. Uh, I know this won't be suiting you because of the way you play, but the uh, uh, should there is there any uh, concerns on the on a quick look at the data for race two, and we'll talk business yeah, tomorrow. The with only yellow brick. Yeah, look, the only concern I see is this, Ralphie. Maybe the horse might go out to a dollar thirty on race morning, so I can back it. <laughs> Nice, nice and simple. We really appreciate you getting our uh, our deep dive into Stradbroke Handicap Day. As we said, tomorrow you'll get this 15-minute uh, update, which will be all business, and uh, Vince's final thoughts on each and every race. But in the meantime, in enjoy the lesson and uh, best of luck as, uh, as we look forward to Stradbroke Day tomorrow.